Welcome to worship at MCC Lehigh Valley. Let's join now in our call to worship our advocate, our counselor. Come, Holy Spirit, the wind of God, the breath of life. Come, Holy Spirit, teacher of wisdom, reminder of Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, grantor of forgiveness, giver of peace. Come, Holy Spirit, may we feel God breathing through our worship. May we receive the Holy Spirit in this place. Amen. You may be seated as we continue to worship.
Amen. That wonderful God is present here. That lovely God is with us. We have established praying ground. This is holy ground that we're on. For those who are online, uh, we invite you to type in your prayer requests directly into the comments so that we can lift up those prayer requests. For those who are worshiping in person, I'm gonna pause in just a moment and into that pause, you're invited to say aloud uh, any prayer requests, any beloved ones who are on your hearts and you want to direct positive prayer energy to. Uh, so, uh, but before we, uh, before we pray, I almost forgot we have a confession today. And that confession is a unison confession. Sometimes at NCCLV we offer a uh, uh, we offer a silent confession uh, where we personally get right with God. I like a unison confession because I'm getting right with God with my siblings in Christ. And so, will you join me now in our unison confession? This is the season of turning. We are called on this journey to turn our lives to God to turn away from all those things which have harmed us and others, to separate ourselves from actions and attitudes that demean and destroy. We want comfort, contentment, no stress, no struggle, yet our lives are filled with stress and discontent. We hurt in our bodies and our souls. We hurt in our relationships with others. How we must try your patience. We don't want to be like this. We want to feel the warmth of your love, the freedom of your spirit, the joy of serving you. Forgive us for our selfishness. Heal us, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. And let us be assured that we are a blessed and forgiven people God's forgiveness knows no bounds. It's beyond anything that we can uh, ask for or imagine. And so let's once again enter into a time of prayer. This is sacred space. And we entrust our prayers to you, O Lord. And so I'm going to pause. If you have any prayer needs, you can lift them up. Lord God, we are going to be bold today and ask for your spirit to not just be present during our worship service today, but that you would pour out your spirit on us abundantly during this time. We are in need of the spirit's inspiration, wisdom, and advocacy. We need the spirit to do that which we are unable to do. We keep thinking we can 
fix everything on our own and we keep forgetting to turn to you, Lord God. During this season of Lent and every season of the year, we want to come closer to you, Lord God. We want to follow in the ways of Jesus. We want to trust in your spirit. And where we are missing the mark, Lord God, we ask that you recalibrate us. Where we are living more for you, affirm us, Lord God. Challenge us in any complacency. Bless us in any faithfulness. Transform us once again during this worship service so that we might glorify you. And we pray all of this in the name of your chosen one, Jesus, the one who saves us and redeems us and loves us forever and ever. And let's all say, amen.
comes from chapter 14 of the Gospel according to John. Hear God's word for you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am going to you. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my heavenly parent and you in me and I in you. They who have commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my heavenly parent, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word, and my heavenly parent will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you're, you hear is not mine, but is from God who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom God will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you love me, you will rejoice that I am going to God, because God is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. That ruler has no power over me, but I do as, as God has commanded me so that the world may know that I love God. Rise, let us be on our way. Here ends today's reading. Praise God that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. Praise God indeed. Church, will you pray with me? Loving God, you know that we did not come here to hear from the pastor. We are here today to listen for you. And so our hearts are open our minds are open. Pour out your spirit upon us, Lord God, we pray. Amen. Well, we continue today with a series of messages titled Journey Toward the Cross. As a faith community during the season of Lent, we journey with Jesus to the cross. And the cross is the location of Jesus' crucifixion and death, and yet the cross is also a symbol of God's power to resurrect and provide eternal life. Now, as with any journey, the journey with Jesus, it has its ups and downs, right? It has its detours, its clarity. It has its pain as well as its moments of joy. And we've heard some of those moments of joy during this series. We heard about Jesus restoring Lazarus to life. And then we heard about Jesus modeling servant leadership, washing the feet of his followers. 
And today we hear about Jesus providing an advocate for his followers. When Jesus is no longer with them, his followers will have the Holy Spirit, which will provide wisdom, strength, truth. And the Spirit in this passage is named an advocate. And this means that the Holy Spirit acts on our behalf, acts in our defense. Boy, do we sometimes ever need the Holy Spirit as an advocate in our lives. So what we're gonna do today, we're gonna start with a brief review of the Holy Spirit. Then we're gonna look at how some contemporary theologians view the Holy Spirit. Then we're gonna focus on the Holy Spirit as an advocate. And then we'll end with how we may rely on the Spirit to do that which we cannot do. So I'm thinking about 45 minutes, 60 minutes. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sounded like a lot, right? Um, no, usually 20, 25, 25 minutes max, right? Now, in traditional Trinitarian Christian teaching, the Holy Spirit is viewed as one of the three persons of God. Now, Trinitarianism is different than Unitarianism. So our beloved siblings in the Unitarian Universalist Church denomination, they view God as one. There's no divine status for Jesus or the Spirit. So Unitarians view Trinitarianism as splitting God. And so Unitarians instead, they focus on the unity of God instead of a trinity. Now here at Metropolitan Community Church of the Lehigh Valley and at many churches on any given Sunday, there's a mix of Trinitarians and Unitarians. There's a mix of Universalists and those who hold a limited view of salvation. And it's all good, amen, right? It's all good, it's good that there's a mix. So back to the Trinity for a moment. So the Holy Spirit is typically thought of as the third person of the Trinity, though it would be a mistake to think of the Holy Trinity as uh, being in third place or as the bronze medalist, right? God is the gold medalist, Jesus the silver medalist, Holy Spirit, good job, bronze medalist. No. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, the Trinity is viewed as a hierarchy, but there's absolute equality in the Trinity, okay? Jesus is God incarnate. Right? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Holy Spirit, we understand not just as any spirit, the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit. So the three persons of the Trinity are co-equal. So in the Trinity, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they all hold equal authority. They're not three gods. Instead, in the Trinity, there's one God, and God makes God's self known through those three persons, Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit. Now, using male language, we might be more familiar with the Trinity using male language, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. My favorite rendition is Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier. That's my uh, favorite way to name the Trinity. So, a book came out recently called The Third Person of the Trinity. It's all about the Holy Spirit from different perspectives. It's edited by Fred Sanders and Oliver Crisp, and the book offers a more evangelical approach. And one of the editors, uh, Fred Sanders, he recently interviewed a number of authors who uh, wrote chapters for the book. On this next slide, let's start with Dr. Leon Harris. He's from Biola 
University. In his interview with Fred Sanders, he stated that the Holy Spirit brings about the freedom to love and the freedom to be loved, which is ultimately expressed within the new community of Jesus Christ. Always a good thing to start with love. And in today's scripture passage, Jesus says, those who love me will keep my word, and my heavenly parent will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. It's not by our own efforts, but by the Spirit's power that we give love and that we receive love. And Dr. Harris points out that the Spirit offers the freedom to love and to be loved. There's nothing forced, there's nothing coercive, there's nothing mandatory or required about loving God or receiving God's love for us. The Spirit says, here you go. Take it or leave it. And the church is to model this freedom to love and to be loved. Uh, after all, in the beautiful understanding of John's gospel, God and Jesus will do what? They will come to people who love, and uh, God and Jesus will make their home with people who love. So when we love God, God makes a home with us. God takes up residence with us more like an ever-present being than a roommate. But let's think for a moment of God as a roommate, right? There wouldn't be any dirty dishes in the sink from God, right? <laughs> no conflict about the volume of the music uh, in the shared space. Now, so seriously, imagine that. It's quite an image that John's Gospel presents us with today. God and Jesus knock on the door of our home and say, hey, since you have loved us, we're going to make our home with you. Wow. Now, that God makes a home with us doesn't mean that we'll never face difficulty. We have on this next slide Dr. Lucy Pepit. She's a principal at the Westminster Theological Center. And also in an interview, uh, she remarked that the spirit inhabits the pain and emptiness of existence as well as giving us fullness of life. So the Holy Spirit, this is so important, the Holy Spirit is not a magician. The Spirit doesn't sort of zap away the toughness of life. Instead, I like the word that Pepit uses here. The Spirit inhabits. The Spirit inhabits the painful places in our lives. So again, there's this idea of taking up residence with us. And in this case, taking up residence in our imperfections, in our challenges, in our difficulties, and just in the day-to-day -day wearing down that the world inflicts on us. So the Spirit doesn't necessarily make our pain disappear, and the Spirit doesn't automatically erase our regrets. The Holy Spirit doesn't work like a delete button, right? Although that would be glorious, right? Hey, Holy Spirit, delete this emptiness that I'm feeling. Hey, Holy Spirit, delete this sad thought uh, that I'm feeling. The Spirit doesn't move at our command. While we can trust that the Spirit provides abundance, that it, it provides that fullness of life, we can also trust that when we're experiencing a season of lack, when we're experiencing a season of scarcity, that the Spirit continues to be present with us, strengthening us, getting us through to a better, fuller season. Next, we have Dr. Daniel L. Hill. He's at 
Dallas Theological Seminary, also in an interview, he said, the same spirit who is present in all of the world is portrayed in scriptures as uniquely present within believers and the church. So the church is such a special place, right? Based first and foremost in that special relationship Jesus had with his first followers. And while the spirit blows where it will all around the world, the spirit blows on whomever it pleases, a church community must be tuned in to the spirit. Now, when I am retired, when I am no longer pastoring, I will be seeking a faith community. And I hope God will help me to be a discerning church shopper, right? And the first question I'll be reflecting on when I'm doing my church shopping, you know, when I'm out and about doing my church shopping, um, but the first question I'm gonna be asking myself when I, when I visit a faith community is this, is the Holy Spirit present in the life of this church community? First question, is the Holy Spirit present in the life of this church community. The, the Holy Spirit is unpredictable, it's untamable. No one in the church may control the Holy Spirit. It only works for the positive transformation of God's people. So when a church is living in the Spirit, its members possess a pretty radical trust in the goodness of God. Now, if a church is overmanaged, or if a church is undermanaged, the spirit is more likely to be absent. So a, a, a spirit-filled church, uh, they're committed to internal work. What's internal work? Prayer, uh, spiritual study. And that's so the external work, right, serving the world is energized and it's, it's spiritually centered. Now, according to Dr. Hill, the spirit is uniquely present in the church community. Uniquely present. So we want to experience that presence of the Spirit when we walk into any church. Now, the church isn't better than any other organization seeking to do good things. The church is simply different because the church does what? It relies on the Spirit rather than depending only on uh, personal effort. Uh, finally, on this next slide, we may have someone who might be familiar to some here. Uh, this is Dr. Robert Shore-Goss. Uh, Dr. Uh, Bob, uh, as I knew him, was, he was one of my mentors at the Metro Metropolitan Community Church uh, in St. Louis when I was a clergy intern there in the <coughs> 1990s. Um, uh, what does he write? Do we dare to listen to the Holy Spirit, the mischief maker? She will lead in an unconventional journey of compassion, building bridges, and tearing down walls. Yes, I think we dare to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I like how Bob describes the Spirit as mischief maker. Now, mischief is not about doing harm to others. Mischief is instead about play. And too often, we lose our ability to play because we're overly concerned about what people will think of us. Now, play is not just for children, and play is not passive, okay? It's not something that we watch. Uh, play is something in which we participate, right? So we play a board game, or we play sports, 
or we play with a little light humor. Uh, when I started out in metropolitan community churches, there was a lot more overt homophobia. There was a lot more overt transphobia in the United States. And because a, a majority of attendees of metropolitan community churches identified as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, one of the insults that was often launched toward MCC was what? One of the insults that was often launched toward MCC was that we were playing church. Ouch, right? That MCC was playing church. Now, of course, it was a vicious lie, a lie of the devil, uh, suggesting that people of metropolitan community churches, they weren't serious about their faith. Now, as a result, I think some MCC churches lost a sense of play. Okay, and then more recently with the pandemic, oh my goodness, <laughs> has the pandemic not impacted our ability to hold things lightly? Of course, of course it has impacted things. So once again, what do we need? We need the fresh winds of the Spirit. We need the Spirit making mischief and helping us to play more and to fuss less. So Dr. Shorgoss, points out that the mischief-making spirit ultimately helps us to tear down barriers between people and build bridges. So it's not mischief for mischief's sake. The playful Holy Spirit is also accomplishing reconciliation between people. Wow, sharing compassion in unexpected ways. So we've heard a number of different approaches to the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Dr. Harris refers to the Spirit as the one who brings about freedom. Dr. Papet refers to the Spirit as the one who inhabits our pain as well as giving the fullness of life. Dr. Hill refers to the Spirit as the, as the one who is uniquely present in the church. And Dr. Shorgas refers to the Spirit as mischief maker. Now those are all very thought-provoking ways to think about the Spirit, but how does Jesus refer to the Holy Spirit? Well, it's on our last slide today. Jesus refers to the Spirit as an advocate. And what is meant here? Well, it means paraclete, comforter, counselor, helper, peacemaker, defender. So paraclete or parakletos, it's a Greek word for advocate or counselor. And this Greek word parakletos or, or paraclete is found only five times in the entire New Testament, four times in John's Gospel, once in the first letter of John. So we know something special is going on here. Jesus says to his followers, I have said these things while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom God will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. So Jesus' earthly ministry is going to soon change. He'll no longer be available to the disciples in the same way, and yet Jesus' followers will not be abandoned. The Spirit will not only be present, but the Spirit will also be an advocate. Now, when we think of, of spiritual things, 
We can sometimes get stuck thinking that the creator, redeemer, sanctifier, they're immovable, but God is forever dynamic. And we see this in the Spirit's role as an advocate. As we heard last week, the gospel writer John portrays the world as being in rebellion against God, right? The Greek word for, for world being cosmos, found 40 times in uh, John's gospel. We continue in 2022, we continue to live in a world that is in rebellion against God. We need protection from the forces of hostility. And Jesus is our protection. Jesus is our advocate, paraclete, comforter, counselor, helper, peacemaker, defender. In the United States court system, there's a provision for every person to have an advocate, right? A defense attorney, a legal representation, no matter a person's income level. Praise be to God. We would never want to go it alone in the court system. Now, similarly, we would never want to go it alone in this world without the advocacy, the help, and the defense of God. Now, it's bad enough that we rarely ask for help from other people, but it's even worse that so often we do not even bother to ask for help from God. Our sin in the United States in the 21st century, our sin is the sin of thinking that we are self-sufficient, that we can do this life on our own. And remember the most basic definition of sin, sin is separation from God. We separate ourselves from God when we believe that we've got it all figured out, when we go our own way, when we insist that we don't need any help with anything at all, and especially we separate ourselves from divine love when we do not call upon God. The Apostle Paul writes to the Romans, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. We don't need perfect prayers. <laughs> we don't need to have the exact right words when we talk to God. We just need to pause from time to time in our day and set our egos aside and just hang out with God. And remember what ego stands for, E-G-O? edging God out. Ego, edging God out. We too often keep God in a corner. We only call on God when it's convenient, when we've run into quite a jam. And Jesus makes it clear to the disciples today that the Spirit will teach you everything. In other words, we don't know everything. And we have much to learn from the Holy Spirit. Even with the invention of things like Google, we don't know everything though now we have access to just an infinite amount of information, right? And what we've learned is what? All information is not created equal. There's a lot of misinformation and disinformation in our midst. Now, what is misinformation? Misinformation is false information. There's, there's not necessarily a bad intent behind misinformation. Misinformation is spread by people who believe everything they read in the media or online. My, my beloved neighbor frequently texts me all sorts of conspiracy theories, not because she has any sort of evil intent, but because why? She's misinformed. Now, on the other hand, disinformation is on purpose. 
okay? Disinformation is purposely spread by a person or a government entity or an organization in order to gain control of a situation or circumstance. So along with misinformation and disinformation, we also have to sort through so many opinions, paid advertising items. We have to be careful and discern, is, is this news or is this a public relations press release? Now, this is what we need to remember about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never try to trick us into believing something. The Spirit will never present falsehoods to us. The Spirit will never entice us into corruption. Instead, the Holy Spirit invites us into the authentic life. The Spirit presents us with the truth, and the Spirit shows us the way to holiness and righteousness. When there's nothing to be afraid of with the Spirit, Jesus assures his followers, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. And Jesus also pre pre uh, prepares his followers for his upcoming trial and crucifixion. Jesus says, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. This ruler has no power over me, but I do as God commanded me. So that the world may know that I love God. So the dictators and executioners and war criminals of this world have no power over Jesus, have no power over anyone who is in the Lord. Now, yes, Jesus was crucified, but through his death, we all experience eternal life. As the biblical scholar Bob Deffenbaugh points out, God's promised blessings do not assure us that we will escape the wrath of humans toward God, but only that we'll escape the wrath of God toward humans. So, so people suffer and experience violent death around the world, but that is never the end of the story. You know, we don't read the news about war around the world and say, the end, right? The Spirit empowers us while we're on earth to seek peace, to seek the truth. And the, the Spirit reminds us that we will all soon experience eternal salvation, spending forever with God in heaven. And so we conclude today with a reminder that the Spirit does that which we cannot do. I think this is such an important reminder. And if I'm only preaching to me, then I'm only preaching to me. Uh, but we end with this reminder, the Spirit does that which we cannot do. We cannot do this life on our own. We need the Spirit as a constant companion. We cannot resurrect ourselves. We cannot have all knowledge. We cannot have all of the earth's wisdom. We cannot heal everyone. We cannot heal everything about ourselves. We cannot cast out our own demons. We cannot ensure that every corner of the world is just and righteous. We cannot make ourselves holy and fit for the kingdom. We need a power greater than ourselves, and that power is the power of the Holy Spirit, and we can call on this power anytime or anywhere. Now, it doesn't mean that we get lazy and expect the Holy Spirit to do all of the heavy lifting, right? Ah, uh, hey, Holy Spirit, can you do those three loads of laundry for me? Hey, uh, Holy Spirit, could you take my car in for an oil change? And I'm sure you got a few extra bucks, Holy Spirit, if you could pay for that uh, oil change too. 
Or, hey, how about this? Hey, Holy Spirit, can you just take care of all the prayer? Can you take care of all the spiritual study while I watch Netflix? Really good series I'm in the middle of right now. We have to do our part, right? We have to do our part so the Holy Spirit can do its part. And we do our part by taking care of the day-to-day things so that they don't become a burden. So we do our part by staying in prayer, bringing our best to worship, right? Engaging in spiritual growth opportunities. And most of all, we do our part by staying open to the Spirit. And sometimes, it's hard to stay open to the Spirit. Uh, sometimes when I'm, when I'm struggling with that, I, I do some repeated phrases or, or verses of a song. Sometimes that helps, right? Like, Holy Spirit, rain down. I'll just say that over and over again. Or, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. And that helps me uh, to keep open. And the Holy Spirit does get through. It transforms things we never thought could be transformed. The Holy Spirit heals people we never thought could be healed. The Holy Spirit advocates for us when we forget the words. The Holy Spirit defends us when we encounter misunderstanding and hostility. Best of all, the Holy Spirit is with us no matter the situation, whether we're on top of the world or we're traveling through the valley of the shadow of death. And so let's pray for that Holy Spirit to rain down. I don't think I'm the only person in need today of the Spirit's presence and power. Holy Spirit, rain down. There's someone here who's so in need of you, Lord God, in need of your Spirit, in need of advocacy, in need of defense. And there's someone here who just needs that Holy Spirit energy, uh, Lord God. We thank you for this gift of the Spirit, which we don't earn, we don't deserve it. You just give the Spirit. We open our hearts, we open our minds to the movement of the Spirit in this time.
I'm going to sing that verse by now. Greetings. My name is Shirley Sweat, and I bring you greetings from my home in Allentown, PA. I give to our beloved church, MCCLV, because in so many ways, MCCLV helps to keep hope alive in our community and in the world. In the midst of the chaos and uncertainty that is going on right now, we need hope more than ever, helping other people everywhere. Hope simply must continue. If you are financially able to help MCCLV keep hope alive, you can give your offering online through MCCLV's website at www.mcclv.org. Click on the donate button or give via PayPal. You may also write a check to MCCLV and mail it to the church at 1401 Greenview Drive, Bethlehem, PA, 18018. For those who are present in, at the church, the offering basket is provided. God has given us every good thing. Let's return to God a portion of what God has so generously given to us. Let's please rise as able and join in our commission and blessing. The Spirit is renewing us every day. We know we have an advocate, a gentle and challenging teacher who helps us to face the truth and live it. We leave this worship service 
willing to continue being transformed that we might impact the world to the glory of God. Amen. Go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Vaya con Dios. Walk with God. Amen.